Tech Writer Worldwide. It's the High Tech Podcast in plain English with an hour's worth of news in about 20 minutes. That's because we leave out the commercials, the station breaks, the sports, and most of the jingles. Podcast number 564 for the 15th of October, 2017. This week, Adobe's recently released Photoshop Elements and Premiere Elements bring some powerful new features to the consumer-focused applications. Phishing emails are becoming increasingly dangerous to businesses, and steps being taken there often have applications for home users who want to be safer. In short circuits, Alien Skin's Exposure X3 adds new ways to adjust photographs. It's a plug-in for Photoshop and Lightroom, but also functions as a freestanding application. Graphic designers who spend a lot of time looking for images will find some welcome new features from Shutterstock. And in spare parts, only on the website, there's a growing demand for personal photos on objects such as mugs and calendars. Kodak says it has a way to help us identify and print the photos that mean the most to us. And Bluehost makes it easier for people to set up WordPress-enabled websites. The latest edition of Photoshop Elements and Premiere Elements, released in early October, improves several existing features and brings some new features to non-professional users. Now, by non-professional, I mean those people who want to use the images and videos they've created to make slideshows, calendars, photo books, and such. In other words, to share them. In a future program, we'll consider Premiere Elements. This week, we'll look only at Photoshop Elements. And because Adobe has three photography applications, it's important to understand the differences. Lightroom is an image organizer that can make macro adjustments to images. Overall brightness, contrast, clarity, color balance, lens corrections, and things like that. Photoshop handles micro-editing, pixel-level changes. It depends on an external version of Camera Raw when opening images, and organization is handled by Adobe Bridge. Lightroom and Photoshop are included in Creative Cloud, so many photographers start in Lightroom and use Photoshop only when the image needs work that is beyond Lightroom's scope. Photoshop Elements is intended for use at home by those who want to be able to create photographs, slideshows, and photo books that they can share without having to deal with the substantial effort required to learn Lightroom and Photoshop. The Elements applications emphasize easy organization of photos and video clips, along with guides for editing and sharing images. Users can create a slideshow directly from the organizer. To create a sample slideshow, I just selected some images, picked a theme, added some text to a title slide, and then chose the music I thought would be appropriate. The Elements application did all the rest. It organized, combined, and arranged the images, handled the transitions, and created an output file as an MP4 video. All I had to do was upload it to Vimeo for inclusion on the website. So check out the TechBiter Worldwide website this week. Take a look at my little video of random pictures. The organizer has a new feature called Auto Curate. Users can turn this on to allow Elements Organizer to review new photos and select the best ones based on image quality, the presence of people, exposure, and more. The feature is surprisingly good at being able to pick the better images. 
The overall Photoshop Elements interface hasn't changed much. There are still quick, guided, and expert options, and this year's edition offers several new capabilities. The options are intended to make the program easy for new users, but to retain the ability to do more as the user's knowledge grows. The quick option automatically handles basic photo improvements, but the real fun begins in the guided interface. The guided edits introduce edits that are complex and provide step-by-step -step instructions. There are now 67 guided edits across Photoshop Elements and Premiere Elements. Eight are new in this release. We'll take a look at how you might give a photograph a watercolor painting effect, for example. To see this in its full glory, you do have to go to the TechBiter Worldwide website, though. I started with a photograph of a flower. The instructions are located on a panel at the right-hand side of the screen. The user only needs to make a few selections to create the watercolor effect. Some of the steps are optional, and when that's the case, they are clearly marked as such. During the process, the user can display before and after views arranged either vertically or horizontally, and after finishing the edit, you can see the full image and see how the changes affected it. Whenever an image is edited, Photoshop Elements saves a copy of the file, so you can always get back to your original if you decide later that you'd like to use it without the watercolor effect. Another of the new guided edits in Photoshop Elements allows users to create double exposures. These are popular, but they're hard to do manually. And there's a new artistic overlay effect that places a shape on top of the image. On the video side, users can create freeze frames with titles and also use what's called a bounce back effect, in which the video runs forward and then backward. This is another effect that would be very hard to create without help. And that bounce-back effect can be exported as a video clip or an animated GIF. And there's a new Replace Background Guided Edit that will work really well in a lot of cases. For testing, I intentionally selected images that would make the process all but impossible. You might wonder why. Well, as I worked through this, I began to comprehend just how good the feature actually is. The resulting image, as you'll see on the TechBiter Worldwide website, is far from perfect, but it's a lot better than it has any right to be. Because the image I selected was a RAW file, it was first passed to Adobe Camera Raw and then opened in Photoshop Elements. Now, there's nothing particularly wrong with the background of the picture. It was an ostrich, after all, and having grass in the background is quite normal. The replacement background I selected is at best strange, possibly even bizarre. Now, it's important to understand just how difficult it is to mask irregular edges, hair, fur, whiskers, things like that. In other words, masking the ostrich, because it has lots of little thin lines sticking out from it all over, will be all but impossible. To make things even worse, I picked the automatic selection tool. Lightroom Elements asked me to draw a rectangle around the subject and then it tried to figure out what exactly the subject was. There are lots of better options for doing this, but the result, even though I chose the worst possible option, was still pretty good. Initially, the edges around the ostrich were hard, but given everything that I've thrown in the application's path, I was really impressed by the first step. The next step involves refining the edges. At this point, users don't see it, but Photoshop Elements has constructed a mask, and using the refinement brush on the picture is actually modifying the mask. 
My final step involved moving the ostrich a little bit to the right. And then I click the Expert button. Now this is where users will go as they learn more about how to modify images. The Expert interface displays the mask that Photoshop Elements created, and it makes it possible for the user to make adjustments directly on the mask, just like in Big Brother Photoshop. Now, as I said at the outset, the resulting image isn't perfect, but it's surprisingly good, and with most subjects, ones that aren't intended to be impossible, for example, you'll be delighted with the results. At the end of the process, the file is saved with the layers intact as a Photoshop file, a PSD, so that it can be opened and manipulated in Photoshop as desired. And, of course, there's more. How about opening eyes? In group shots, you might find that one person's eyes are closed in what would otherwise be the best of the images. Photoshop Elements can copy the subject's open eyes from another photograph and blend them into the one you prefer. In this week's TechBiter Worldwide, I provide a link to a Photoshop blog where Adobe's Bob Gager shows off some of the new features. You might want to check that out. So the bottom line for Adobe Photoshop Elements, Five Cats, making photography and videography easier. Photoshop Elements packs a lot of power into a $100 application or an $80 upgrade. The upgrade price is good for any previous version of Elements, all the way back to version 1. Upgrading both photo and video applications would cost you $120, and there's a 30-day trial period so you can install it and give it a try first. You'll find additional details on the Adobe website. There's a link on the TechBiter Worldwide website. Can you spot the fish? Business owners and managers are making a more serious effort to combat phishing emails. That's because they are the primary way that crooks gain access to private information, as well as the most common way that ransomware attacks are launched. But it's not just businesses. Although companies are more lucrative targets for more competent crooks, there is no shortage of barely competent crooks who target home users. So home users aren't safe, and we all need to be aware of the dangers and the techniques. A recent report by Intermedia, the Data Vulnerability Report, says that email-based attacks and scams cost businesses more than $5 billion between late 2013 and the end of 2016. For businesses, the crooks have three primary objectives. Convince the recipient to make a financial transaction, disclose login credentials, or visit a site that will load malware onto the user's computer. Home users also face the same three primary threats, so they need to take many of the same precautions. Despite the widely held belief that new employees are responsible for most serious breaches, that's simply not the case. Assuming the company's IT and security managers have any idea what they're doing, new employees will have restricted rights and even long-term employees shouldn't have access to certain areas. The Intermedia report says that more than a third of company executives and a quarter of IT workers admit that they have been victims of a phishing email. These are the people with greater access to sensitive data, 
They are the people that crooks want to reach. Phishing attacks in 2016 were up 65% according to the Anti-Phishing Working Group. It's a worldwide partnership of businesses and government agencies. The report says that attacks are becoming harder to spot and more employees are tricked into clicking poisoned links. The number of phishing websites identified is rarely fewer than 70,000 per month. That's according to the Anti-Phishing Working Group. It hit nearly 119,000 sites in November of last year. Companies are increasingly trying to educate employees about the dangers. Some of these efforts provide charts that highlight the danger signs that an employee should look for to spot a malicious email. Nearly 90% of office workers surveyed said they felt confident in their ability to detect phishing emails. However, more than 20% admit being fooled at some time. Millennials seem to be a bit more adept at spotting phishing emails than their older co-workers. Some companies even send phishing messages to employees as training exercises. In some cases, the IT department sends the messages, and some companies hire outside firms to handle the task. Users who click on poisoned links may be taken to a site that explains what warning signs were present in the phony fish. Increasingly, companies have begun providing awareness training as part of the onboarding process and then communicating a cybersecurity message to all employees on an ongoing basis. Often, companies appoint a cybersecurity advocate on a departmental or team basis. These employees are given additional training, and coworkers are encouraged to report problems to these advocates. Companies that do this best encourage employees to be aware of the threats at home, too. They explain that security practices used at the office do have real-world benefits at home. The goal is to make cybersecurity a top-of-mind concern for everybody all the time. But companies also need to understand that no matter how good their security precautions are, and no matter how well employees are trained, some threats will break through. That's why they also need to be prepared to react when the worst happens. But what about security at home? You won't receive reminders from your IT department or receive any test phishing emails, so it's even more important to educate yourself about the dangers and to develop your own protective measures. Some of those protective measures can be software-based. I've recently started using Microsoft Security Essentials with Windows 10 instead of one of the mainstream third-party antivirus applications. Additionally, I use Malwarebytes and Ransomfree from CyberReason. Malwarebytes has both free and paid versions for home users. The paid version, I think, is worth the cost. CyberReason offers only a free application for home use, but it does have paid options for businesses. No matter how good these applications are, though, my first line of defense, and yours, has to be caution and suspicion. Think before clicking, in other words. But I could make a mistake, and that's why backup is so critical. If there's anything on your computer that you consider important, it should be backed up. In short circuits, a new version of Exposure X3 is out and Alien Skin says it offers both some new features and faster processing speed. 
It runs as a plug-in for Adobe's photo applications and also as a standalone application. Photographers can organize, edit, enhance, and export their photos from within Exposure or use Lightroom to handle organization and pass some of the editing tasks over to Exposure. The new version includes color and monochrome toning enhancements with a side-by-side -side view to allow comparison of multiple images or test several presets on a single image. Linear and radial gradient tools allow for transitioning between two or more effects. Those who use Exposure to organize photos will find a new function that allows users to create virtual copies of images to create several stylized versions of a photo without having to duplicate the image. Exposure can now be used to copy images from the camera and to select the images with the greatest potential. File management and image rating are provided for organization, and metadata tools allow for searching and sorting. One of Exposure's strongest features has always been the ability to emulate the look of film images. It reproduces the look of hundreds of analog film types, including the size, shape, and color of film grain. A library of presets gives photographers starting points that can be modified, and once you've modified one of the starting points, if you decide you like it, you can save it for later use. Exposure X3 is available now for $150 or $100 upgrade. It's also included in the Exposure X3 bundle, which comes with blow-up and snap art. The bundle costs $200. Upgrades from any of the applications are set at $120. There is a 30-day fully featured free trial, too. If you'd like more information, visit the Alien Skin website. There's a link on the TechBiter Worldwide website. When designers are looking for an image, they often have something specific in mind. For example, a picture of a cat with a space on the right for text. Stock image company Shutterstock is trying to make the process of finding such an image easier. Composition-aware search is currently in beta, and it allows users to specify one or more keywords to search for images with space for copy and to limit the results to images that have objects in specific arrangements. The process uses what Shutterstock refers to as a combination of machine vision, natural language processing, and state-of-the-art information retrieval techniques with complex, spatially aware search criteria. Now, this is all described in a very complex white paper that's really heavy on math. If you'd like to read it, there's a link from the TechBiter Worldwide website, but perhaps an illustration might work better. So let's say that I'm looking for a picture of a cat. Well, of course I am. What else would I be looking for? But I'd also like to have some space on the right where I could place text. So I typed in the search word cat, and that created a little icon. I placed the cat icon on the left of a rectangle, and the text icon on the right out near the edge. Well, some of the images weren't quite a match. Do keep in mind that this is still in beta. But maybe I'd like a little more space for text. So then I moved the text icon back from the edge, more toward the center of the rectangle, and that returned images that have, in many cases, a considerable amount of space on the right where text could be placed. Or maybe I'd like a cat on the left and a dog on the right. Or how about a dog in the foreground and a cat in the background? On that one, there seemed to be some misses. 
Now, let me explain why I selected a dog and a cat. It's easy for people to tell them apart, but to an automated process, I have to think that dogs and cats look a lot alike. They're both fuzzy, often not too different in size, so the resulting images are surprisingly accurate. And I decided to try two more, this time a dog and a cat with space for text at the top or the bottom. Well, now, clearly the process isn't perfect, as you'll see from the images returned on the TechBiter Worldwide website. But it also has a lot of promise, and I think it'll prove to be both welcome and useful, even in beta. Once the user has identified an appropriate image, it can be licensed and then modified as needed. Shutterstock CEO John Oranger says the model not only learns what things are, but where things are. For marketers who are searching for an image with copy space, he says using this tool will save a significant amount of time. Composition-aware search joins other search techniques in Shutterstock's arsenal, reverse image search, and visually similar search. Those were launched last year. Shutterstock provides licensed photographs, vector images, illustrations, videos, and music, and its 250,000 contributors add hundreds of thousands of images every week. We don't add hundreds of thousands of anything in spare parts, only on the website. This week, three new items. There's a growing demand for personal photos on objects such as mugs and calendars. Kodak says it has a way to help us identify and print the photographs that mean the most to us. And Bluehost makes it easier for people to set up a WordPress-enabled website. Thanks for listening to TechBiter Worldwide, the podcast with an hour's worth of technology news in about 20 minutes. I'm Bill Blinn. Be sure to check out the website, www.techbiter.com. And if you like, send me an email from there. See you next week.